Welcome to Roadcase, the podcast that explores the live music experience. Thanks for joining us. I'm your host, Josh Rosenberg, and I'll be taking you on a journey through in-depth interviews with performers and key people in the industry to explore the magic of live music, how it can be totally transformative for both fans and performers, and we'll look at how they take it all out on the road. It's going to be a great ride, so here we go. Okay, welcome back to Roadcase, everybody. Hope you all had a great Thanksgiving and are nice and relaxed and well-fed over this holiday with so much to be uh, to be grateful for and uh, in this turbulent world that we all live in today. Um, hope you all are doing well and uh, things are going okay up in everyone's head. Really, uh, really hope the best for everybody and uh, glad you decided to spend uh, this day listening to this interview I have with um, that I did with Zach Carper of the band Fiddler. This is a really great conversation that I had with Zach. So glad that you're here for this one. And there's a number of different ways that you can get involved with the Roadcase community. Really quick and easy way is to follow us on the socials. We are at Roadcase Pod on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. You can find out more information about Roadcase by visiting our newly designed website that I'm really proud of. Go check it out. It's at www.roadcasepod.com. If you have any questions, comments, uh, concerns, you can contact us, send us an email at info at roadcasepod.com. I read all of those. So would love to hear from you. Uh, great way to help support Roadcase, and we really depend on your support in doing this, is to subscribe to Roadcase on your favorite listening platform, uh, the one you're on now. It's super easy to do. If you're on Spotify, there's a box that says follow right there. Uh, just look down at your phone or whatever uh, on your Roadcase. Uh, right there, the Roadcase homepage is a box that says follow. Just click on that. If you're on Apple Podcasts, which is another popular platform, up in the upper right-hand corner, see that check marks? Just smash that check mark. And uh, doing so on those platforms and other platforms will allow you to receive updates as to when new episodes come into the world. Uh, really helpful to have subscribers to Roadcase. Really appreciate if you all can do that. Uh, and while you're there, uh, if you could rate and review Roadcase, that would be really cool uh, and really helps out the show. So on Spotify, underneath that follow box, there's a box with some stars. Just hit that. It's as easy as doing that on Apple Podcasts. Scroll up a little bit from that Apple, from the Roadcase homepage, and you'll see some stars and a place to write a review, and you know what to do. So really psyched to have spoken to Zach Carper, and I know you're going to really love this interview. I didn't really know what to expect. I knew that Fiddler um, had an amazing live show as I talk a little bit about it during this interview, I learned about them many years ago. Uh, just someone shot me a video of uh, of what goes on at a Fiddler show, uh, high energy, uh, crazy stuff, punk show, positive vibes. And I really thought it was cool. Uh, so when the opportunity presented itself, I knew I wanted to talk to Zach and talk about Fiddler. But um, really, this was an unexpectedly uh, deep and rich conversation that he and I had about a lot about mental health and sort of talking about the mind and the brain and how everything works and how to stay positive. That's really important for Zach. And um, 
now being in his mid thirties, he's at this, he's reached this level of maturity. Um, and he's been with this band since his early twenties. Um, he is completely sober now and talks now about how adrenaline is really the craziest, best drug that he's ever been or ever experienced. Um, you know, he's made just a conscious effort to stay healthy. Now he's really had his struggles with substances with drinking, um, there's been uh, tragedy and trauma that he's experienced. Um, he is a total road dog, loves being on the road, loves to perform his songs live, really talked about how he writes music to play shows and that his goal in life is to play shows for his fans. His fans are so super dedicated. Uh, they have been dubbed the Fidiots. And they've showed their dedication by tattooing themselves with various forms of Fiddler art, uh, the name of the band, et cetera, which is a crazy uh, phenomenon. But Zach is um, really self-aware, just an interesting human being, uh, really an open book. We talk a lot about the power of positive thinking. Um, I know you're really going to love this this interview and this chat that I had with Zach, um, they have a recent EP that's out. It's entitled That's Life. Uh, they recorded at the Shangri-La Studios, Rick Rubin Studio in Malibu, California. They also have an Unplug EP, which is a collection of strip pack versions of songs from their discography. They have um, they're playing. Live shows coming up December 15th, their uh, Fidmas show, and that's at Pappy and Harriet's in Pioneer Town out in the desert east of Los Angeles. Um, and they are going out with Oliver Tree with dates starting on January 13th in Chicago through the beginning of February. You can find out more information about those dates by visiting the Fiddler website. So glad that you're all along for this one. Thanks so much for tuning into Road Case on this uh, holiday weekend. And I'd really like to send a shout out and a thank you to Zach Carper of Fiddler for being here on this episode of Road Case. Here we go. Zach, good to see you, brother. Thanks for being on Road Case. Nice to virtually meet you. <laughs> yeah, it's like the virtual world, man. It's always the way it is. But, you know, it's good. I'd rather hang out live with someone, but when you can't, this is what we do, right? This is very 2020 retro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. it's vintage. It's almost it's vintage, vintage at this point. Yeah, it's what? vintage to like the new generation. It's like all oh, two. That's like th three years ago. We're yeah. done. Yeah, it's very pandemic. Yeah, which is kind I of, like it though. Yeah, shit, it's it's improved, man. It's like what we do, where we're at, and um, yeah, where are you? So you're in LA. Yep, I am based out of Los Angeles. Oh, cool. I was telling Peter I lived. I grew up in LA. I grew up in uh, Sherman Oaks. Oh, big Falcon. <laughs> yeah, that's right, man. I was coming up right oh, yeah. when like vans were like beginning to be a thing. Like, if you ever seen wow. Fast Times at Ridgemont High, that's my yeah, that Spicoli, is my dude. high school experience. Hell yeah, yeah, hell yeah. I I like I am Spicoli at the end of the day. <laughs> yeah, I kind of felt that a little bit, man. I'm yeah. not the Spicoli guy, but I knew Spicolis. You know, there's. There was pro you guys invented Spicoli's back in the day. Dude. That was Sean Penn's first fucking movie. 
Was that his first movie? I believe so, man. If it's not his first wow. movie, it's like second or something. I mean, cr- please, people, correct me if I'm wrong, but yeah. What a legend. I mean, the way he was completely absorbed into that role is just incredible. He made it his own. It's like what he does, man. Uh-huh. It's really cool. But um, did you grow and you, you in, in Hawaii where you grew up, was there a lot? Uh, is there as much of a skateboard? There was culture? a lot of spicolis. There was a lot of spicolis. There was much more spicolis. Yeah, uh, Hawaii it was wild because there was a big skate culture there, but there wasn't that many places to skate. Um, especially where I grew up in was North Shore, which was like basically the fucking uh, you know surf mm. capital of the world, mm-hmm. right there. Yeah, one of my bucket list items is like just to. Take a winter trip to Oahu or not? Is it Oahu? Um, yeah, and just to witness North Shore, a North Shore swell. If I'm lucky enough, do it, do it because every like so many of my friends want ask me when to go to Hawaii, and there's two answers. You know, summer's great because it's super chill and it's awesome, but like December and January, the waves are so big, and it's kind of a wonder to see you know it's kind of like yeah, the oh, totally i'm ninth a, wonder i know shit. man i'm not a surfer but i am a surf video watcher 100 percent. yeah and i like there there it's in my algorithm big waves yeah. are in my algorithm yeah but yeah but, wild yeah but in in the valley in la i guess you you realize that when you came back when you came over here to long beach and let's let's talk about how you got here but you know the concrete jungle stuff definitely adds this this the skateboard vibe for sure for sure. It's definitely the, the I, I always say when I moved out here and when I first came out here to the mainland, it was like the sun is different because I think the sun hits so much more sidewalk and it just <laughs> reflects off the ground and you're just like, oh, it's just brutal over here. I think like the concrete is there. It's just concrete. Yeah. It's, it's like how it has concrete. Totally. Um, When'd you move to, you moved right to Long Beach, right? Did no, you I moved to Orange that, County. Or just to Orange County in general, not Long Beach? Um, no, no. I yeah. didn't make it up to Long Beach. I was, I was in like kind of Why did I have Long Beach in my mind? Is that where you're someone, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, but we used to call it Wrong Beach. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's kind of a hip place to live now, I guess, as I understand I think it, it is. I think, I mean, there's a lot of good shit coming out of Long Beach. A lot of good punk bands, a lot of good everything. Yeah. Art, everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, where do you live in LA now? I live kind of close to Hollywood. Yeah. You know, this area called Los Feliz, like Silver Lake-ish area. Right. You know? Right. Right at the base of Griffith Park. You get up there yeah. and go like hike in once in a while. It's kind of fun. I do. Yeah. And, you know, it was actually this morning, like we just saw some coyotes and- Oh, shit. Yeah, I, re- I really like it. I actually really enjoy it here. We, I, I've lived here for a couple of years, and it's the first time I've lived in a place that I actually enjoy. Not that I'm saying that I didn't enjoy the other places, but the other places were always like kind of decrepit. <laughs> oh, yeah. So this is like the first time you're living in like a good, nice place that you think is Yeah, like- yeah, yeah. I have hot water. You <laughs> It was that bad, huh? And you're- Dude, my last place I had, I had no hot water, and I was there for like oh, two years. It was wild. Shit, what'd you do? Are you serious? Come on. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. You like cold showers, huh? I mean, I don't like showers. Okay. So that's 
But now I do. Now I got <laughs> hot fair. water. I love yeah. showers. <laughs> I think you answered my question kind of in a roundabout way. No, I do not like cold showers. Yeah, I just yeah. avoided the whole cleanliness thing in general. Um, uh-huh. Kind of a cool time for you guys. You know, these couple of new singles just did this crazy tour and kind of tour in Florida. Six, yeah, six wild six cities in seven days i think i calculated but what was yeah. kind of the impetus for that I, I i think i read like oh we well we play a lot on the west coast so fuck it we're gonna just gonna go to florida and prove that we don't have to only play california <laughs> yeah it's kind, kind of like that but it's it's you know i think california is kind of or florida is kind of the closest thing we got to california and um we just never really played in florida mm. so I've just been told that we would kill it there. So we just started. And I was just like, instead of like routing it on a tour, why don't we just do the whole state of Florida? Yeah. And it was so fun. It was awesome. Yeah. How did it feel? Like, what were there some significant differences of the crowd? Or yeah. Were you surprised by anything? It felt like it was, it felt like we were going to like Australia or like, Europe. It it didn't feel like a part of America. <laughs> it doesn't it feel like a part like, of America to a lot of people. I yeah. think. No offense. Yeah. But like there's some crazy shit that's coming out of there. And it feels like the fans were thousand times more passionate. Oh no, kidding. Yeah, they. It, it just seemed like they were so excited that we were there, and they were so pumped. It was wild. <laughs> and for a fiddler show, that's like you're pinning the needle on that one, man. Yeah, that's that's a lot of energy. That's a lot. It was a lot of energy. There was probably the most amount of fiddler tattoos I've seen. Oh no, kidding! Yeah, it was crazy. Like every show, kids were like, "I got fiddler. I tattooed fiddler on me." Yeah, like where are you? Where are you seeing that? Like you going, dude? I mean, you. It's funny because I always thought it was like they usually do it on their knee, but one person had it on their hand, one person had it on their neck. Like it was. Just everywhere. And I was like, wow, this is that it's kind of wild how passionate they are about it, which was really cool to see. Really good to see. Yeah. Your fans are really super passionate. I love that. The first time that I had learned about Fiddler was, I think, like, I don't know, six, seven years ago, someone sent me a video. It's like, check this shit out. And it was one of those shows where you sort of engineered some craziness in the crowd and did like a parting of the Red Sea thing and then just started the song and everyone just crashed into each other. Yeah. 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 I was yeah, like, okay, that's fair. Our I fans like it. are like, yeah, our fans are just so extreme and just so like, um, just so, but like, it's not like scary. Yeah. It's not like a scary mosh pit or anything like that. It's not like aggro at all. It's just very like, Kids just want to have fun, and you know we call them fidiots. Fidiots, that's <laughs> a term of endearment. <laughs> yeah, the fidiots. Well, I love how you talk. I think the um, like high energy with good vibes. I think is what was my kind of understanding of it, which is great. Like, what is that? Yeah. What's that mean to you? Was that something that you engendered in your adi- own attitude, or? A little bit. Yeah. I mean, there was a little bit of a kind of aha moments that happened to me when I started writing music, mm. you know, um, I realized, I remember, I mean, Fiddler's kind of my first band, you know, so, and it's my first band singing. 
And I realized that I wrote really sad songs and I was recording my songs that I was writing were really sad and just sounded like Elliot Smith, Elliot Smith, but not good. Mm. And um, I discovered that if I speed up the song and turn it from a minor chord to a major chord and sing it happy, it made me feel better. So then I started just recording songs like that. And then I, when we started playing shows, it just made me feel better. Right. But the lyrics and the vibe was always really like the s- lyrics are kind of sad songs. Yeah. Yeah. You know? They're poignant. They're for sure. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of like, you know, tricked my brain. <laughs> no, seriously. Yeah. That's interesting. Cause that, yeah. that, that really gives the, in, in, you know, the enduring quality of Fiddler. You, you've, been, you've been at this for quite a while, but you don't get out this quite a while and hang out if you're not saying something that people cannot grasp onto. And they, you know, I think that your fans not only identify with the energy, but clearly with what you're saying. And you've been through a lot. <laughs> I mean, yeah. clearly you've got a lot to say. But this whole yeah, and like reversing the psychology on yourself is also kind of an interesting brain trick that you can play just in everyday life. Yeah, it's it was it was kind of wild because it was like it th- there were times, especially in the beginning of the band, where it was like when we're playing shows, I was like, oh, I got this sad song. Let's see if this will be. And sometimes it works in a set. Sometimes it doesn't. But I. S- started like realizing like for me i can't really like i haven't figured out how to like fake it yet you know (laughs) like where if 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 i'm writing a song that's sad and i'm playing it that sounds sad then i get sad but if i just speed it up and make it sound happy it makes me feel better you know so yeah so it's the energy yeah right it's the uh yeah, it's the music energy then. It's like it's what yeah. you're it's what you're projecting out. Does that mean that words mean it doesn't could it mean that words don't mean as much to you? Words don't mean as much to me. Uh-huh. Words don't mean as much as to me. I mean like but the I think the thing the funny thing is I'm pretty good at them, you know? Yeah. Um so it's more of the like like I write music to play shows kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like I, I'll, I would still write songs no matter what, but like my goal in life is to play shows. So the thing about the music is I want it to feel good when you play live. Well, then why don't you just, and and this is just a hypothetical. Why don't you just write about whatever when you write about breakfast then? I mean, I wish, I wish I could. (laughs) Interesting. <laughs> that's like it's a i i i'm learning and i think i am getting better at the songwriting aspect of it you know what i mean like learning how to write about something sometimes and honestly dude it changes every time mm. i'm not gonna lie uh, maybe tomorrow i will write a song about breakfast and it's gonna be my favorite song ever you know so there's no real actually like now that I'm thinking about it, there really isn't the formula and every time I think I figured out the formula yeah. it changes. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, I mean and then like you 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 morph from album to album and and that that's wonderful too. But the energy's always there. Yeah. Energy is always there. That's always That's all playing music 
with my band members in a rehearsal room and then transitioning that to be <laughs> on stage is kind of the filter that it has to go through. Yeah. Yeah. And then that, and then seeing the reaction for kids, because we'll like, we've had singles that we were like, okay, these are the songs that we're going to push as singles, but they don't translate live mm. that well. We'll just not play them. And we'll be like, what are the ones that just get kids fucking not play them up? live? But if you, yeah. have, if you, if, if you feel that, or you, 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 you kind of getting that, will you still keep them on the album? If you like the we'll song, keep them on the album or yeah. Or we'll figure out a way to rile them up in like, we have so many songs that are just completely different versions than our album versions, uh-huh. you know? Yeah. So we just kind of like our live set is kind of like a reset of like, like if you want to come to a Fiddler show and hear the songs, you know, it's going to be a different, like the structure will be different, all kinds of stuff. You know what I mean? Interesting. So how do, so talk to me a little bit about this recent acoustic release and how that fits into what we're talking about, about the song. Cause are you playing acoustic live? No. So you kind of, <laughs> did, did you just sort of, I didn't think so. I was sort of just like, get that out there on the record. Um, like, <laughs> um, so is this kind of like just backward? Like now we're like, now no, no, we're doing something and we're putting idea. this on the, we're putting this to vinyl and we're going to do like the mellow versions or what? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's funny because probably most of those songs on the acoustic, that's usually how they start. Mm. (laughs) Yeah, I have noticed that. Sorry. Yeah, I have noticed that. I love that, by the way. That's sort of just like, let's ramp it up here and we're going to go easy. Yeah. Yeah, I'm always waiting for the fucking hammer to drop with your songs. Yeah, and like like I write a lot of my songs on the ukulele, you know, or just acoustic guitar. So... My kind of theory about the, I mean, A, it's was just more of a challenge. You know, it's, it's a lot harder. It's, it's, it was one of the hardest records I've ever made. Like, it's a lot harder to be quieter, man. <laughs> yeah, right. It's a skit. It's a, like an art form. Dude, it's pretty, like, I mean, for me, it's way easier turning an amp up and turning it loud and screaming. It's <laughs> you just have to way go easier for me. Afterwards, you have to go for, like, a run or just, like, run around or just, like, jog in place or something, get the energy out, right? There's this whole this yeah. pent-up feeling. You understand, like, what an art form it is to have that level of restraint, right? It's hard. Oh, it's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. And I also want to, like, play, I want to figure out how we could go on tour just hitting the beach cities and i think if we put out another unplug record yeah we can hit the road with just like in one car (laughs) hit the road in my honda crv just ukuleles little bongos and acoustic bass and go to like play the bars like on at, at all the beaches in california <laughs> surprise you know? surprise shows what are you gonna yeah, call yourself yeah. what are you gonna call yourself we were gonna call ourselves childar <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome the dumbest thing it makes no i don't sense. know childar well, makes yeah i don't know if there's sense, an ac- a good acronym i'm sure you guys will figure out some fucking acronym uh, we just kept calling it childar childar it's yeah like, oh, let's just record some childar yeah. <laughs> um what were you listening to the most when you were coming up, when you were growing up? What was your vibe? Probably the most was Sublime. Yeah, I love them. I fucking love yeah. them. Wow. Yeah. That was a big one. When it hit Hawaii, it just hit it big. Yeah. You know? Um, the other one 
you know, because I, I grew up in like the CD generation and totally living in Hawaii, you don't really have access to anything, you know, no record stores or anything like that. There just really wasn't much of that. Mm. So the biggest ones were Sublime uh, Offspring was huge for me because mm-hmm. they were in every surf video, you know, come out and play was in every surf video. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know. Blink one eighty two, and I mean I'm Nookie. I mean a uh, significant other, Limp Bizkit. Yeah, just shook my world, dude. And then I got started getting into like indie stuff, you know, like Broken Social Scene, My Morning Jacket, mm-hmm. stuff like that. But mm-hmm. really, the core of like when I started writing songs was just you know the really simple stuff: Green Day, Blink one eighty two, fucking so yeah, on. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, f- I find your career, like where you're at, I find it very fascinating to look at the growth of you as an individual and you as a band and how those two things are clearly aligned. Um, and you talk about the kids in the audience, you know, you were, you used to be a kid, right? I mean, I feel, I, I feel that all the time, man. Look at me, but, um, what, still am. Yeah. Well, everyone is and isn't, right? I mean, you're, yeah, you're exactly. you know, you're more of an adult now than you were when you were 20 something or late teens, 100%. right? Um, what kind of effect has that sort of maturity and growing up had on you, your songwriting and kind of your attitude to what you're doing in that energy that you're trying to accomplish and project on stage? Um, well, fuck. Yeah, that's a, that's a great question because, you know, the thing that I learned in my twenties of when we were starting and touring our first record is that you burn yourself out. It's the only job in the world where they give you a bunch of booze the people hiring yeah. you give mm-hmm. you a bunch of booze and ask if you want drugs and they give it to you before you go do your job, you I know, know? Just, like, get it, just get them to the Greek. Yeah. It, well, hundred percent. Yeah. And, um, you know, when you're in your early twenties, you just kind of fucking drink that. You're just like, I had no idea what I was really getting into as like a musician. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. So learning how to do the, you know, the turtle wins the race kind of thing, the marathon, instead of, you know, I used to give 120% at the show and I would lose my voice every night and I'd have to wake up and do it again and then just do it again and burn yourself out. And, uh, you know, we started, I started realizing that maybe drinking and smoking and doing drugs every night is probably not the way to go. And Trial and error. This really is that trial and error, man. Yeah. Consistency of, you know, it's all about being consistent on stage to me, you know, like, and being able to deal with this craziness, like it's kind of a weird control chaos, you know, like, cause we got stage divers and people getting hurt, you know, that's the thing. And it's just, it's crazy. It's, learning how to control control it all you know and realizing you probably can't control any of it <laughs> so yeah yeah well you kind of can with the energy that you're giving out but by this at this point your fans i would assume are just expecting a level of high energy 
vibes, but yeah. I guess going out there and say and talking about high energy, high energy shows, but positive vibes is kind of a good thing to do as an adult. I'm not not preaching. Or, I'm not not preaching or anything. I think that's just comes forward naturally. But um, yeah, from a physical toll standpoint, that's that is uh, clear. I mean, it's difficult to do what you're doing. You've got to. You're, you're talking about taking better care of yourself and how you can't continue to move along in that that the world of drinking and drugs or whatever because you can't perform the way you want to perform. But what about from an emotional side? Where where are you at now? Farther on down the line, as an adult, are you? Can you get? Were, were those were were those like all the party favors and shit? Was that helping you get to a particular point? And now you're kind of like, I don't, I can, I'm, I'm, I, I can be. Are you able to get to that point? Uh, for from a performance perspective, um, um in a, in a, yeah, is that kind no, of a 100%. different way? Yeah. Or it's, the same, it's all. Or? It's honestly, it's it's even better now. Ah. Like I, I'm completely sober and like when I play now, dude, it's, it's even, it's, it's uh more of a rush, dude. I can actually feel the fucking crazy adrenaline and it's intense. That's the craziest drug. Adrenaline's the craziest oh, drug. Oh, hell yeah. And, like, and, and endorphins. Endorphins. All that shit is just, it's, it's nuts. Like. Interesting. I think folks say, people say that, you know, exercise is a good way to like kick an addiction. I've never been there, Zach. I'm not, I'm not presuming anything about your own experience or anything like that or judging whatsoever. You know, just, I know that exercise and the, I'm just kind of mirroring what you're no, saying, I'm, but kind of I'm, reflecting on what yeah. I've heard and what I've learned and from talking to yeah. so many people. Yeah. I'm addicted to exercising. Yeah. That's a good thing. I'm fully addicted to exercising. And Weirdly enough, like, you know, I think for, for a while it was pretty hard um, going out on the road and playing shows every night and staying sober. Um, getting sober wasn't easy, but staying sober was the tough part. And mm. then it kind of made me realize that the show, because I wanted to always give 100% on every show that we played, that the road kind of keeps me clean, you know? It's kind of like that Neil Young fucking lyric, the road keeps you clean. Mm. And it makes me want to stay in shape and be in better shape. That's so fucking I can, true attitude. Yeah, so I can actually perform and, you know, I'm fucking, I'm in fucking Jacksonville where the fucking <laughs> first time we're in Jacksonville and we're playing to you know, these kids that have waited to see us play forever. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. I want to give them the best show possible. Hell yeah. What do you mean by getting sober versus keeping, or getting sober versus staying sober? T I talk mean, to me about that. It's easy to just get, I mean, it's it's not easy, but it's, it's easy to like just get off of the booze and the drugs and stuff like that. But maintaining yourself not to relapse, that's the hard part. That really is. Yeah, yeah. Fight those fighting the urges, the urges and the pressure and your fighting yourself. It's literally fighting yourself on just the your thought processes. You're like, oh shit! Like I'm beating myself up, and then you have to. First step is recognizing that it's like, okay, I am beating myself up. I need to change that the way of thinking. You know. Yeah. So it's a it's a weird mental. It's fucking, tough, man. I I, appl I yeah. applaud you. Oh, thank you. I applaud you for that. Thank That's you. fucking really hard, man. Did you have some help? I had a bunch of help. 
And that then that was another thing, asking for help. You know what asking I mean? Asking for help, it's, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, like I started noticing this, though. I, I will say this is I started noticing this with other bands we were touring with, people, other band people that I looked up to, you know, like bands that were around before us that are continuing to do it. It seemed like most of them, especially in the punk world, mm. they're either fat and all fucked up <laughs> or they're sober. And in my brain, sober and looked like they were in good shape, you know? Yeah. And my brain just went, I think I got to go that direction. And I bet there is an in-between. I'm not saying like shit's all black and white, you know what I mean? Yeah. But- um, There are just out of shape sober people. They are very out of shape sober <laughs> people. And there's also in shape people that like to party. You yeah, know true, what I'm saying? Like it's, it's no- there's no right. I'm not like trying, but to in say order that to like have, you got to have method. some pair, some having a few visual paradigms are also helpful. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just for your exactly. own sanity and brain and a hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. So yeah, that's. I just kind of decided to, you know, I got to stay healthy and got to. It just helps the brain and helps the helps my life. It's Good for you, man. Better. I'm so happy to hear that. Thank you. Yeah. <clears throat> um, it makes it's it's the the story of your band now and it's that's that's phenomenal. Have you seen kind of an impact on your fans and audience and do you hear things from them their experiences with this or is this just kind of I mean we're talking about yeah. it now is it sort of a little bit more in the background? What is it what does it look like from your perspective as to those uh, the your the perception that your fans have of you today? I mean, it's something that I've kind of had to just like not really care about because I can't predict a perception. You know what I mean? True, true, true. Um, Absolutely. Yep. You're right. But I will say that the amount of people in Fiddler's DMs, my DMs, like in Twitter or whatever, is that uh, it's just a constant flow of people like, hey, like I need help. I don't know how to, I'm addicted to this. I, I don't know how to stop drinking. I don't know. Da, da, da. Like, how did you do it? How did you da, da, da. Like, you know, so it is just, you know, I think, I think there is this kind of like thing, you know, <laughs> it's like that, that I think our first record just really spoke to a lot of these kind of troubled people, you know, and uh, the second record, kind of spoke to them in a different way that was more about trying to get off of the drugs <laughs> well you had some incredible tragedy there i'm so sorry about things that all those things that you were that you went through at that time too that sort of changed the changed your tone clearly from album one album two yeah uh you gotta just keep going yeah. i mean honestly and i think that it's a lot it, it's there's just i mean there's just so much more life than getting fucked up and drugs and just everything like that there's just it, it's not even that it's just like negative thinking and just because that shit's fucking addictive like being a bummer is addictive you mean the negative <laughs> like, thinking isn't it isn't it yeah it's, yeah that yeah, is yeah. A, that's a weird rush like that's a weird like adrenaline rush in itself like it's like anger you know what i mean like um 
So, yeah. so is it weird for you to go back and listen to your first album? Not that I'm assuming that you probably, you may or may not. I don't know if you do, but maybe you play those live. What's that like for you? Playing them live is fun to me. Yeah. I don't listen to my own music, so I don't yeah. know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I figured. <laughs> not many people that do. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's the funny part about even like, if I get like a mix back from like a, a mixer or like we're done with a record or whatever, I listen to it and I go, I don't like it, but I'm not the person listening to it and I'm not the person consuming it. So right. let's just put it out. In other words, I'm not the best judge, but I'll go with what you I'm guys I'm not the want. best judge. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't like it, but I don't hate it. Yeah, yeah <laughs> maybe yeah, is a good yeah. way of looking Let's at just, it. Let's just—it's better out than in, you know. <laughs> yeah, I know. At some point, you've just got to go. Fuck it, best I can do. Yeah. Put it out, yeah. right? Hundred percent. God, I mean, not the best analogy, but I don't even go back and listen to old interviews. I do from time to time if I yeah. meet the person or like I thought. Oh, geez, I need to do this, but yeah, it's hard once it's kind of out there in the world. It's just so painful to have to, to if you go down that road of judgment, oh, I should have done it this way, I should have done it that way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, I can, and I can imagine with what you've been through and what that first album meant or kind of just the let's get loaded, let's smoke weed, let's do whatever vibe, um, you know. So what's that like yep. though, playing those songs? Is that the same? Clearly that doesn't have the same impact. Then do we do, do we then sort of roll it into the, this is just fucking great energy and we're just going to fucking rock this thing. This is goes back yeah. to what we said at the beginning about yeah, not exactly. listening to my own words. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's kind of it, it, like, I just kind of lean more into the, the yeah. energy yeah. side of it. Yeah. 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 So win, win, man. Yeah, totally. Totally. Um, Let's talk about the road a little bit. So road keeps you going, you were talking about. You've been on the road for quite a while. You know, you've talked about how the road has been transformational for you over the years, but, um, and particularly going out, was it originally in 2011, going out with the Hives for the first time? T tell me about what that was like going back, going out, being with your buddies, being on the road for the first time, and sort of the, what that impact had on you early. Yeah, I mean, the hives thing was like, I was, I mean, we, we were just playing house parties, you know, and then, and then we got this tour with the hives and we were like still setting up the stage like it was a house party, you know, <laughs> we're just all like jammed up right next to each other on these big stages. Yeah. And honestly, like Pele, like from the hives and the hives in general, they kind of like really like gave us a little crash course on being a live band. Mm. I mean, that's kind of the best band to go fucking get a crash course from they're yeah, one right. of the best live bands in the world you know mm. um and pele has taught me a lot about being a front man and um yeah it's it was crazy it was wild you know we would we were partying a lot and it was super fun and there were no rules and we just kind of went for it and we were playing to people that didn't like us, which was even better. <laughs> yeah, I was like, going to well, say, I, that'll, that'll we put some learned, on your chest as a kid. Yeah, I learned, like, even, well, we, we did a tour with the Hives, we did a tour with uh, the Pixies, and that was even, people really didn't like us. Huh. And it kind of makes you learn how to play in front of people that don't give a shit about you, or want or was just waiting till the next band. I would you know imagine, I, mean? I would and, imagine that playing in front of people that aren't so excited about seeing you 
yeah. in that environment is a little different than just the random talk that occurs at a folk show for the opener. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I would exactly. assume there's some shit that uh, can't, yeah, be, yeah. can't be pretty. It's, I I remember that the the Pixies tour, they would uh, somebody would always every show would go like, "Get off the stage!" or like, "Where's the Pixies?" And I'd oh, my always my response was like, "Thanks, Dad," because they were just all <laughs> old dudes. <laughs> Uh, well, that's kind of like a two, that can go one of two ways. It's also sort of like uh, my dad's in the fucking crowd heckling me. Also, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, at least he didn't say "Okay, boomer." I guess. Yeah, I mean, yeah. But um, I, mean, I don't know. I've read you commented about that. You kind of grew up touring. You were like a kid at that time. Hives was twenty eleven, I, I think. Oh yeah, yeah. I was like twenty two, twenty one. Yeah. Dude, Max was. They were younger. You're 19. the oldest, aren't you? Yeah. Were you the no, beer? Brandon's were, the oldest. Uh, who was the beer buyer? Brandon. Brandon was the <laughs> beer buyer. <gasps> so funny. Mm-hmm. But grew up. Um, that's got to be kind of a weird, a weird way to grow up. What kind of like what impact did that have on you personally from a growth standpoint? At that point, you were like, "I'm just on my way. This is it. We're going to be on the road." Did you like it? Yeah. I mean, it was just at first, yeah, like I loved it. And it was seeing new places and meeting new people. That was crazy. And dude, the amount of songs, the amount of inspiration is from it. It's just mm. like, it's like uncontrollable. It's just like you couldn't stop me from writing a song. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. Um, You know, but when you do it, it's just like with anything, you just do it over and over and over and over and over again. Then every show becomes the same and you know we started noticing that we just weren't really growing a life mm. you know outside of being on the road and i was okay with that at that time i was okay with that my whole thing was just keep me on the road keep me away from real life to be honest yeah and um you know, it wasn't until my late 20s that I was like, okay, maybe I should learn how to like, you know. Function as an adult. Yeah, maybe. Well, yeah, Was exactly. there something that kept you like not wanting to kind of have one foot in reality at that point? Not reality. I mean, it's all relative, right? But like the non-touring sort of that that kind of world? Well, there. I mean, there's a couple of things, you know. I, it's, I think I was just kind of... Uh, you know, living in la la land, fantasy land, mm -hmm. you know, like there was no, there was no like structure or there in a weird way, there is the most amount of structure because you know where you have to go. You're going to the next show. That's yeah. where you're going. And you have like kind of a North star to follow, you know, mm -hmm. um, at the same time, it was a lot harder to score dope on the road <laughs> and it was a lot easier to score dope back in LA, you know? So I had this kind of like mentality of like, oh, if I'm just on the road, then I'm off of dope, you know, like, and um, yeah, so it's just, it's, it was a complicated, it's a complicated relationship, you know, um, but now it's, you know, I'm, I'm in my thirties and I'm just like, I love the road and I know how to do it now. Yeah, you what know. what are what's like the major differences for you? Obviously, it's being sober, but also kind of from a logistical. I know we touched upon this early on, but from kind of an energy standpoint, um, from a just you're, you're you just like tour smart, 
Yeah. Is that tour kind of- smart? Just tour smart. Sleep. Sleep is everything. Sleep is everything. Um, the diet, food, all that kind of crap. You know what I mean? But honestly, it's just the mind. That's what it is. Because mm. if I lose my voice one show, the next day, if I keep it till the next day, if I keep telling myself, shit, my voice is lost. Shit, my voice is lost. What am I going to do? Shit, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? What? I, I'm fucked. I'm fucked. Oh, da, da, da. If I keep telling myself that, by the time I get to the next show, my voice will be gone. But if I just tell myself, I've done this before. I've done this many times. I've done this in worse conditions. So I can do it. Yeah, right. And I literally just repeat that over and over again. Dude, totally, man. I'm kind of <laughs> like, it's that, um, I know. I work with a coach, like a life coach, you know? Yeah. Super helpful. I've been doing it for many, many years. It's always like, don't go to catastrophe. Don't go to disaster. Yeah. Every, every time there's some fucking issue going on, I'm always like, oh, shit. I, I, I literally, but I can literally stop myself now. So I'm proud yeah. of myself for yeah. being able to do that. That's but good. Like, don't go down the goddamn shit road. That's that. Um, that's why I'm saying that that kind of thinking is addictive. It's addictive to go to the catastrophizing. Yeah, you know, it's easy. It's 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 kind of it's what your brain nature. wants. It's what your brain is fucking your comfortable brain wants. with. It's what the yeah. It's what your brain wants. Fucking like brain, it's man. crazy because it honestly, I think like this is my theory about it. I think it does give you a little bit of adrenaline rush. I think it like. It's like this weird feeling you get and you, you like get anxious. You know what I mean? And and weirdly enough, I think your body like enjoys that in a weird way because it's energy, mm. you know? Yeah. I don't know. It's, I need to do more work on that. Kind of like, I mean, I work on it all the time, but like, I'd li- I need to understand that really profoundly. Yeah. You know? It's, it's, there's a lot of books. I I read a lot and like, there's a lot of books on that, like. You know, what's, what's what, like the subject matter? Like, just what's the what's the overarching subject? Like catastrophizing, like just it's catastrophizing you get your head out of the shit. You know, like what? Yeah, it's just it's really like you know, it's just all the thoughts that you're thinking today. You've probably thought ninety five percent of those thoughts yesterday. So it's just figuring <laughs> out. How to reprogram yourself. And even if you get 1% better each day by fucking four or five months, you'll be a lot in a lot better shape and a lot better, you know, and there are tools. It's just, it's really difficult for us to like be consistent with them. That's like everything It's like, you have to, even if it's small, like, you know, everybody's like, oh, you should meditate every day. I have a hard time setting aside an hour or 30 minutes to an hour to meditate. So I just do five minutes every couple Something hours. is better than nothing. <laughs> oh, five minutes exactly. every couple hours. That adds up, yeah. dude. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's just like this thing that like we, we just humans get – I don't know. We, we get all fucked up and we get all like uh, – fucked up from shit you know what i mean so it just takes conscious and conscious effort and intention to get better yeah negative energy can be killer but i just like yeah no this is good man. and especially on tour man that's that is everything what what i mean i hear i see this all the time i see this all the time with artists that i either a look up to or or my contemporaries 
dudes that are on tour that don't want to be on tour, man. Or mm. they're just like, oh, bummer. Or they drink a lot, which is its own fucking nightmare, you know? And then they wonder, why am I freaking out every day you know but then they get to the venue and then they get their booze and then they're fine and then they wake up and then they're freaking out and then like it's it's so hard to keep your shit together on the road you know what i mean that like you got to just figure out how to do you and some people just it's not meant for them to be on the road and they don't want to do it and that's fine there's so many different ways of being a musician and an artist, you know? Yeah. You got to figure out what works for you, but this what works for anyone as an individual, but this yeah. formula seems to, you've kind of put together this formula, which I happen to agree with also. Yeah. Like just trying to tap into the more of a positivity on a regular basis that can train yeah. your brain into not continually going down that road of negativity. Like, okay. Simple example. I got, I was riding my bike yesterday. Beautiful day. Um, Got a uh, no prior to that over the weekend, storm, windy, rainy. I was riding, got a flat. Of course, I got a fucking flat. Murphy's Law, right? My yeah. hands are freezing cold. I got to change it. Then it goes flat. The, the, the spare goes flat on the way home. Uh, yeah. the next day I go out yesterday, I've new tie, new, new tube, flat again. I don't know. These things yeah. inexplicably happen. Okay. I go get it fixed. Today I'm riding, I'm driving back from the bike store where I drop my bike off. My car gets a flat. Now I knew I had a low, I had a low air situation in one of my times. Dude, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's super awesome, Zach. Thanks. Yeah. But I'm like, when it rains, it pours. Like, here's all the negativity. Why is this always happening to me? When it rains, it pours. Why when one bad thing happens, does another bad thing happen? This always yeah. happens to me. Wah, wah, wah. You know, crying about all this kind of shit. And I kind of... I did think about this. I said, you know what? Fuck it. Shit happens. Sometimes it happens in clumps. There's no way you can fucking figure that out. But I'm, you know, the one thing that you can do is I could be happier when bad shit's not happening. Or in other words, yeah. when shit's going well. Yeah. Like, which is easy to just pass by. Like, oh, today's a day. What happened today? Oh, nothing. Well, sometimes nothing can be good. Yeah, like hundred percent. So then there's that gratitude. And I don't want to sound like one of those yeah. people that are always like, be happy for everything. They, but yeah. be happy for everything you have, you know, I guess. And, well, and that, that helps also, your, train your brain to be, go down that road of positivity instead of negativity. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, I guess I read that gratitude does not come naturally to us at all. Like as human beings, we are not grateful people, <sighs> yeah. but it is a muscle it's like a muscle you can flex and you can work out and it's just like working out. You just got to do it. You got to do it. You yeah. got to do it. And next thing you know, you're in good shape. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. It's tough. It's fucking tough. It sucks and it's tough. <laughs> right, right, right. It is, man. It is. Well, I'm glad we talked about that, dude. Tell yeah. me, tell me about, um, okay. I'll so I'll bill you, uh, that was my, that was my 30 minute <laughs> life coach. Uh, <laughs> thank you lesson. so much. Welcome to my fid talk. You know, <laughs> there you like, go. There you go. You got a future in that, man. Yeah. How, the, uh, the future I have this is idea. Yeah. I have this idea of making a zine and selling them as series on our, uh, tour called, uh, how to be stoked on life. And it's just basically like, I read so many of these like books, like, all the time and all these like self-help books they basically all say the same shit but i just need to make the language so like simple like instead of like mindfulness it's like yo just chill 
The California, the Californication of positivity. The Californication of positivity. Feel free to use exactly. that title. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Anyways. Totally. Yeah. Some, some people don't hear like the big language. Like what? 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 Yeah. Dude. Yeah. Or the, 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 the book could just be called, dude, just chill. Yeah, dude, just chill. You're you're okay, dude. Just chill. All right, let's talk about Shangri La now because I really want to hear what that was fucking like, man. So that's life. Your EP came out in March. Was recorded at Shangri La, Rick Rubin Studio. You recorded it with Dave Sardi. Is that mm-hmm. correct? From uh, yep. Spoon, LCD, yep. Chili Peppers. Yep. yep. Just tell me what that was like to do something at Shangri La. Well, which is this for people that don't know? It's that. This, for people that don't know, it's this magnificent studio house slash yeah. studio right on a right in Malibu, cliff yeah. overlooking the beach. It's fucking gorgeous. Yeah, we didn't know that we were going to record that. It was kind of a last minute thing. Um, Dave pulled a favor, got us a favor. You know what I mean? And we recorded that record in uh, one day. And no shit. Yeah. It was all live. We just like tracked it basically live. And um, we realized that, oh shit, like afterwards we, we we tracked it and then we went down to the beach and we we're just chilling there. My brother-in-law and my sister were there. Like it was just like kind of a sick experience. Yeah. And then um, afterwards I was like, bro, we've been doing this all wrong. And the Bammer's like, what do you mean? It's like, dude, we gotta be recording music by the beach. <laughs> like, this is, like, that was the first time we, like, went to a studio by the beach. There's no recordings. I don't know that many recording studios by the beach. And no. I was like, fuck, this is, like, how I'm gonna do it from now on. It's just, it's so chill. And it's it was a crazy place. Like, I was, I'm, I'm, really into meditation and stuff like that and so mm-hmm. i was like meditating in all the different rooms just to- <laughs> <laughs> like absorb the energy of the rick rubin yeah. energy of each room and it's crazy like it's it's just one of those things where it's like you know we're we're in this like we're playing pool on the table and it was like the pool table and like the last last waltz you know and mm-hmm. we're in bob dylan's like old tour bus and it's just wild it's just wild. Totally. So wait, so like, did you record down by the beach? No, no, we didn't record. I mean, like the whole, the recording <laughs> studio was by the beach. And that's, that's what why I'm no one records on the beach. It's called yeah, sand, yeah, no. salt water, yeah. and just yeah, that, yeah, seaweed. Yeah, you got right that. You got that right. You got that right. <laughs> Let's all buy a bunch of expensive equipment and go lug it down to the salt water. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but um, yeah, it was a it was a crazy experience. And, you know, it was very i'm very stoked to have done that yeah yeah i bet i bet next stop panoramic house in stinson beach where you can see it's like have you ever heard of i this? heard about that place Fucking yeah amazing, i've heard man. about that place yeah, yeah 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 up in marin county it's so so cool you can also actually stay there as an airbnb i believe Oh yeah, maybe maybe that might be a move. I don't know. <laughs> do a, That's a sick do, one. Do the fucking stops of all the studios that happen. That one's got a view yeah. of the, the sort of. I guess Shangri La, you'd sort of look out onto the ocean. Uh, Panoramics way; it's much farther away, but you're looking straight down mm-hmm. onto Stinson Beach. This beautiful art, yeah, really cool. Yeah, it's love, pretty I, wild. I love North, as a Southern Californian. I love Northern California. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, let's talk about upcoming tour then, man. Um, Glad to hear you're uh, you're opening up the January dates in Chicago at the Aragon. Oh yeah, with uh, Oliver Tree, right? 
I'll definitely be there. Yeah. Try to make Sick. it. If I, hopefully, I, I think I'll be in town like early January. Are you in Chicago? I'm in Chicago. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love Chicago. Yeah. Uh, what do you love about it? Chicago. I, I, I want to move back to LA. Chicago people are a special breed of people. They're, I think they're cooped up <laughs> yeah. inside a lot, to be honest. And For at least uh, four months out of the year, we don't see outdoors. Yeah, it's it's there's there's this weird energy that happens in Chicago every time we play. It's just like a very big party city. <laughs> oh yeah, Aragon's a big place. It's just a massive ballroom. Have you played? I, you Sick. probably played there before. No, I've never played the Aragon. We used to do like the Vic. I think we did the Metro last the Metro, time. We yep. did the Vic. Yeah, yeah. 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 And uh, my favorite though is uh, Sub T's. Sub T. Subterranean or Old whatever. School. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's yeah. a cool place with the little, um, it's like super, it's tiny, but they've yeah. got that little balcony up there. The balcony. And it's got to yeah, be a fun yeah. place to look up from stage and like check and look yeah. at all the people. Yeah. Um, and then that's Europe. Sick. Going to Europe. Europe. We're going to Europe. And that's coming up first too, time right? Since, in November? Yeah. Yeah. For first time since the pandemic. So it's going to be very interesting. Awesome. Yeah, what kind of punk fans, fucking fiddler rock fans are in Europe? Tell me. Oh, they're 10 times crazier. Hell yeah. Yeah, I think it's that, you know, well, drinking age limit is different. <laughs> like, it's, they got a different culture out there. And, you know, they still have, like, rock stars there. You know what I'm saying? Like, they still believe in the rock star there. It's just, Europe and the UK is wild. Well, how's that different than what you see here in terms of the rock star-ism? Um, like, you know, I think they had like such, uh, in the, especially like they have such rich history in like rock bands, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like that they really appreciate you coming over there and playing shows and they, they're just so stoked. And, you know, I think too, you know, we're, we're a certain kind of music that probably, uh like in the uk especially like you know i think there's a lot more like art punk and like art kind of stuff happening you know Mm. there but like fiddlers like just a little more like i don't know juvenile i guess that (laughs) it's a good release for everybody yeah and and now for something completely different yeah yeah (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) so it's just a different energy out there it's so sick that sounds cool man i'm psyched for you dude Thanks, uh, all good stuff, man. You got a lot of shit yep. going on and you've really, you've like, you know, I, I love, uh, I love where you're at right now, man. And, uh, Thanks, man. yeah, cool to talk about mental health with you. And like, you know, I can, I can, um, good to kind of touch base with someone who's also struggles with that positivity fucking thing. You got to recommend, yeah. you got to, I want to talk to you. You got to recommend a good, you're the best book you've read on that shit, man. But uh yeah i mean i can give you a list but there's this one that i just finished that was really good called radical compassion radical compassion yeah Hmm. yeah why was that good for you uh, well it's because um you know like i i guess i'm i have a tendency to beat myself up and um, self-compassion is something that is really out, like it's such a foreign thing. And yeah. whenever somebody would tell me, it's like, oh, you got to learn how to be more compassionate to yourself. I would just roll my eyes. <laughs> so 
radical compassion she gives this i forgot tara i forgot her name um the author but she gives you a basically a little like crash course on like a little step-by-step uh guide to how to recognize when you're being negative and then you allow it to happen and then you investigate it and then you nurture yourself it's called rain method the rain method Mm. and um you know, it's just something Recognize, that I kind of acknowledge, investigate, investigate, nurture. Interesting. Yeah. And it's a very little, it's a quick little thing that happens, you know, and you, if you just practice it and practice it and practice it, it's starting to really help me. Right on. Because that's the, I think, and I, I'm guessing, but like, I think that's the foundation of it. Is the, the foundation of getting better is learning how to love yourself. I totally agree, man, because it's like yeah. there's no one else in it but you. Exactly. Right? Exactly. At the bo- at the at the end of the day, you can't fucking hitch your wag hitch your wagon to somebody else. You can't depend exactly. on somebody else from your own for your own well being and positivity. I mean, people think that you can. I don't necessarily think that's correct. You know? Yep. Exactly. You know, exactly. If, you know, if you're gonna love others, you gotta learn to love yourself. I fucking I'm all about that. It's that's probably what's as, kept me single for a little bit for for this yeah, stretch of time right now. <laughs> it's super cheese ball, and it is just like what I hear all the time. But it's like, as unfortunately, you know, it's kind of like those dumb moments where you're just like, oh fuck, like they were right, <laughs> right, 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 dude. Such a pleasure talking to you, Zach, and getting to know you a little bit, man. Awesome, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for being here, dude. Thanks for being so open. I really, really enjoyed talking to you, man. No worries. Anytime. Right on. Cool. Best of luck to you. Continued success. Go out there and <laughs> fucking rock the shit, man. And just, I love the energy you put out there. So awesome. Oh, yeah, man. Right Thank on. you. Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah. Best of luck to you, brother. All right. Take care. Cheers. Okay, that was Zach Carper of Fiddler. What a really amazing conversation that I had with Zach. I mean, we really connected on so many different issues. It was really, really cool. I really like Zach. I like where he's at now. I like his self-awareness about where he's been and the journey that he's been on being uh, completely sober now, but having that awareness of you know, where he's come from and what he's been through and what it takes to stay in this uh, more positive mindset that he has now. And, you know, what got us talking about that is how he really loves being on the road. Um, That uh, it kind of, you know, we started talking about today being more mature and older, being in his mid thirties now, having started this out when he was like in his twenties, but you know, touring smart and how it's really the mind. And, um, you know, we talked about how this, the brain really tries to play tricks on you. Um, this brain functionality, uh, conversation that we had about positive thinking and that tendency to catastrophize when shit goes south. And, you know, I, I fall prey to that as well. And it was interesting and really great for me to talk to, to Zach about that and exchange ideas. And, um, uh, you know, the brain plays tricks on you, man. And like one of the brain tricks that, 
Zach likes to play to kind of get himself more into a positive mindset is to sing tough lyrics, but sing it as a happy song. And, you know, I found that really interesting, especially for someone who loves live performance that well and really wants to pump up his audience and, um, you know, singing that, uh, that tough material from their first release in kind of a more positive way, you know, kind of keeps him positive and keeps him moving forward in this new mindset that he has. And, um, gosh, it was really just really just great, great to, to talk with him. And like I said, at the beginning, I really didn't know a ton about Fiddler, but I was so, um, pleasantly surprised. And, um, uh, not that I had, uh, you know, prior expectations, but it was just when you connect with somebody on that kind of level, it's just really wonderful. They have, uh, they have a new EP out, uh, that entitled that's life. It was recorded at Rick Rubin studio in, uh, the Shangri-La studio in Malibu. And they also have an, uh, EP entitled unplug, which is kind of a stripped down version of some of their songs from their catalog. Uh, I think he called it, he jokingly called it Childar, uh, which I love. Uh, just a great conversation. Oh, and one fact checking uh, uh, point that I wanted to make was when I talked about Sean Penn, uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High was his second film indeed. Um, uh, the first film that he did was, um, geez, now I can't remember, but, uh, fast times at Ridgemont high was his second film. Uh, so much for the fact checking, but there you go. Um, they're going back on, on tour Fiddler, uh, the December 15th Fidmas show at Pappy and Harriet's in pioneer town, California, out in the desert, east of Los Angeles. And they're coming, uh, out on tour, starting that out in on January 13th. In Chicago at the Aragon Ballroom, I'll definitely be at that show. If you want to find out more information about their tour dates, you can visit the Fiddler website. Uh, want to thank all of you for listening to this episode with Zach Carper of Fiddler. And I want to thank and send a great shout out to Zach himself for being here. Uh, really enjoyed this conversation with Zach. Thanks so much for being on Roadcase. And I want to thank everyone for being here for this episode of Roadcase. Thanks again so much for listening. And I'd like to encourage everyone to get involved with Roadcase. You can do so in a number of different ways. You can email me at info at roadcasepod.com with questions, comments, and even suggestions for guests. Or you can follow us on the socials, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. We're at Roadcase Pod. And we have a YouTube channel called Roadcase Podcast. And of course, you can subscribe to this podcast on your favorite listening platform. And if you could please rate and review the podcast while you're there, that would be great. So I want to thank Waltzer for this awesome theme music that we have. And I want to thank all of you for tuning in and listening to Roadcase. We have a lot of great episodes coming up, so I'll see you on down the road. Yeah.